join with me as we pray. Father, I am so grateful for your presence, your presence that is here with us now. We could just dismiss and leave, and I believe that our hearts would be full uh, because you have met us here today in a sweet time of worship. But Lord, before we leave, we want to look to your word, holy scripture that you have inspired through men and given to us. And I pray that as we do, as we look at this very familiar story about the birth of your son, Jesus, in Luke's gospel, that time and familiarity would not rob us of the wonder and the power that is found in those words, in those events. So restore that today in all of us through the power of your spirit. Amen. Music is a powerful thing. I think we experienced that this morning, and that's what we have discussed throughout this month and will continue just in the next few moments today. We looked at uh, the playlist, if you will. I have to think that Luke was even an admirer of music as he put a soundtrack, if you will, a playlist to the birth of Christ. We talked about Mary's song, the Magnificat, a couple weeks ago, and Zechariah's song last weekend, and today the familiar song of the angels when they arrived and frightened <laughs> suddenly the shepherds that were in the fields. Some of you may remember the decade of the 1960s. Uh, President John F. Kennedy, during the 60s, had a goal to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. And in so doing that, launched the Apollo space program. And as that launch, it also launched in many Americans an imagination and excitement. And how many of you, I'm not raising my hand because I remember, but how many on July 20th, 1969, you happen to remember that rocket being on black and white television and yeah. So that came to reality, July 20th, 1969. They saw the fulfillment and wonder filled our country. Well, the Apollo space program didn't end there. Three years later, it was actually 50 years ago this week, Apollo 17, the last men to have ever stepped foot on the moon, happened 50 years ago this week with Apollo 17. But during those three years, as often happens, a magnificent event, an astonishing event, something that happens that fills people with wonder, time and familiarity robs us of that wonder. And that was the case three years later when Apollo 17, 50 years ago this week, was launching. To give you an example, there were reporters that were there covering this event, and one of those reporters was a man by the name of Jack Needleman. And he tells of the time it was shortly after midnight, the launch was going to happen. Again, this is Apollo 17, 1972. And the reporters were talking, and it was a casual event, almost like nothing extraordinary was going to happen. But the countdown weaned down, and as soon as it hit zero, all of a sudden, the Atlas rocket started to begin to rumble. And the ground started to shake. And because it was after midnight, of course, it was dark. And the blue flame from the rocket all of a sudden turned to bright orange and yellow. And it lit the darkness of the sky. 
Jack Needleman said that as that rocket disappeared into the night, the once chattering reporters and casual turned completely silent. And I love the line that Jack Needleman said. He said, wonder had done its work. You see, that which was familiar and forgotten was restored in that moment. Many of us as parents and even grandparents, you stoke the wonder of your children in Christmas. It's why we put up trees and lights and leave cookies and milk for Santa and you play music. You never want your children to lose the wonder of Christmas. Wonder means to be astounded, to be amazed, to have your jaw drop to the floor For me, that happened this morning when Angelique and the choir sang, Now Behold the Lamb. It's like, the wonder of God. Sadly, I wonder how many of us this Christmas, because of time and familiarity, have lost the wonder of the birth of Christ. That's what we're going to look at today. You know, familiarity has its good and it has its bad. It's not bad to be familiar with the story of Christmas. Many, many of you are. You know it. And that's a good thing. You should know God's word and the gospel. It should live in your hearts. It means you've experienced and you understand the grace and the power of God coming to earth. However, the downside of time and familiarity is that often in that, when it comes to those types of things, and especially the story of Christ's birth, we can become complacent. We can take that story for granted. We cannot celebrate it as maybe we once did. Maybe we don't notice things that we used to notice. And in that, we are robbed of the wonder of Christmas. To give you another example, most of you are probably have been here in Pittsburgh most of your life. And this week, you will go pick up friends and family for the, from the airport as they're visiting at Christmas. And you'll pick them up, and you'll go down 376, and then you'll hit the uh, Pittsburgh tunnel, and you'll say, hey, get ready for this. Get ready for this. You all know what I'm talking about because you're laughing. You see the light, and all of a sudden, you come through that Fort Pitt tunnel, and Boom, the wonder of the city of Pittsburgh, the south side to your right, and the rivers and the skyline of Pittsburgh, and Accusure <coughs> Hinesfield Stadium is to your left, and Point Park is there. And how many know it's a wonderful sight? On the occasion that we hire staff and we bring them in, I always like them to fly in around, you know, three or four o'clock on a summer day when it's beautiful here in Pittsburgh, and, and you know, watch this. And immediately they fall in love with Pittsburgh. Oh, the wonder of it. But how many of us now go through that tunnel with wonder? We wonder, when is this traffic going to end? That's what we wonder. (laughs) There's nothing exciting about driving through it. But you get the point. Time and familiarity robs us of wonder. But I want you to remember and understand and recognize, and we're going to look at it in the shepherds. Here's the importance of wonder. Wonder is the fuel to our worship. Because when our minds are filled with wonder. Our hearts will be filled with worship. The angel's song changed the lives of the shepherds forever. Let's look at it together. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse, starting in verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. 
But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by a sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven, a choir, if you will, wearing red and black and mic'd perfectly. That's my translation. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with him who God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Let me tell you a few things about these shepherds that were filled with wonder and even fear at first when this angel and its choir showed up and sang. According to the Pharisees, there were six occupations that were deemed unworthy. Being a shepherd was one of those. So much so that in the court of law at the time of Jesus, if you were a shepherd, you were not allowed to testify on behalf of someone in the court of law because of your occupation. Shepherds were not allowed to enter into the synagogue because they were deemed unclean because of their occupation. Shepherds were the outcast. Shepherds were the overlooked. Shepherds were people that others didn't want to interact and engage with. But think about this. It was the outcast, the overlooked, and the distance that God chose to send an angel and a choir to appear to. And it is a metaphor for us today that God, in sending his son, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, he came not for the high and mighty. He came not just for the rich. He came not for those who had it all together. He didn't come for those who were perfect and clean and holy. God sent Jesus to those who were outcasts, who those whose hands and hearts were dirty like us. It's the wonder of Christmas. Why you love me so. I shall never know. The holy lamb of God. That is the whole wonder of Christmas. I wonder, God, why would you extend to me so much grace? Why would you extend to me so much love? Why, when I turn left and you want me to go right, would your grace be available? I wonder. That is the wonder of Christmas. And there's two things that wonder does that the shepherds demonstrate. First of all, when our minds are filled with wonder and our hearts overflow with worship, here's what happens. Wonder becomes contagious. In verse 17, Luke tells us that after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone, after seeing Jesus, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. 
when you are filled with wonder, when you are filled with the astonishment of what God can do for you and has done for you, you can't help but to tell somebody. It's the wonder of his love. But not only is wonder contagious, wonder births worship. I mentioned it is the fuel, I believe, to our worship. In verse 20, the shepherds went back to their flocks. They went back to doing the normal and lowly occupation, the outcast occupation, the unworthy occupation. They went back, but they didn't just go back the way things had always been before. It says that they went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. So today, when you leave, is your heart so filled with wonder that you have to tell somebody? That when you go back to do what God has called you to do, whatever your occupation may be, when you go back to your home, when you're getting your car, will you be so filled with wonder that your worship is contagious? Don't lose the wonder of Christmas this week. Don't let it be just your kids who you stoke in their heart of wonder. May our hearts be filled with wonder.